Well, y'all ready? Get your Bibles, get into Revelation chapter 22. This is something I've been wanting to do all last year and never did it, so we're going to do it the first of this one. I want to talk about what the judgment seat is, and that's from the title, but really, I want to talk about rewards. I want to talk about what actually happens when you go to heaven, and I think it's neat to talk about literally the millennial reign. Well, no, that's something we never talk about. Church doesn't talk about it at all. But you know, um, who's the Jewish guy that plays the fiddle? Um, Skylar, Maurice Skylar. The Lord took him to heaven and he um, showed him the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it, it's, there's a field and just, I don't know, hundreds of miles of white tents and tables and china and gold silverware. It's just massive place where the body of Christ is going to have a sit-down marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, I'm, it's just going to be phenomenal. We, you know, used to be years ago people sang a lot about going to heaven. And then someone says, well, there's a little more to it than that. And then we just stopped talking about heaven completely. Amen. So um, I think sometimes it's neat to get back and start talking about what's actually going to happen when we go. Amen. I will tell you this one day I was um, in a prayer meeting here and we were in the old shopping center. And I think Betty May was in that prayer meeting. And I know Barbara Neff was and um, Jill Yensginski and Lisa and different people. And I was sitting down like an Indian. My legs were crossed and I was praying in the spirit. And I had an open vision of me standing up over a 441 with cars going under my feet. And Jesus was standing next to me. And that was the time that he said, I have given you the city. And at that time, I thought that he meant me. He given me the city. And um, so I asked him, I said, what about other churches? And he said, well, were you planning on doing this alone? And I realized I was getting corrected from my wrong thinking that God actually thinks there's more churches in town than ours. And so uh, y'all can say amen. It's okay. Because you better be glad you got relatives over there. You better be hope they're going. Um, then he said something to me that I never talk a lot about. He said, not everything I'm teaching you now is for now. There's a lot of things I'm teaching you now. It's for what I'll be doing with you during the millennial reign. Now, there will be rank and order. There will be authority. As a matter of fact, I hate to scare you, but there will always be authority forever. There will be authority in heaven and in hell. If you die and go to hell, there'll be demons over you down there. If you go to heaven, there'll be men and women over you. And then heaven, you come back here for a thousand years. And I don't even want to talk about after a thousand years. I, I'm just looking forward to the thousand year reign of Jesus. But during that time, there will be, there will be order and there will be men there will be presidents and kings and governors and mayors of city. There will be pastors. There will be people doing things based on what you do now. You don't really realize this, but you're in one really big test and a big training period based on what you do. Now, a lot of people don't understand that, and we're going to talk about that tonight but there's a little bit more to eternity than just, you know, when, when I die at 85 or 90. 
Uh, didn't y'all enjoy the lady got saved Sunday morning? 91 or 2? Gave her heart to Jesus? I thought, well, that's cutting it close, sweetheart. That's really cutting it close. That's... Book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly. Imagine he said that 2,000 years ago. And my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they have a right to the tree of life. Amen. Now, let's talk about this for a minute because we have not talked about work. We've talked in here about works. But, you know, for years we didn't talk about that because we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man boast. And most Christians, now let me say something to y'all about Christianity for a minute. The average Christian in America doesn't know any more than they hear preached on Sunday. That's all the doctrine of Bible they know. If the preacher didn't go to the next verse, they've never heard that verse in their life. They don't read their Bible for themselves. Well, in this church, that all changes. Especially if you get up and go in there and with Art and Crystal, they'll take you through the whole book of Galatians in one year, verse by verse, and the whole book of Romans. And that's my goal in here. I want you to learn your Bible. I don't even want you to take my word for it. I want you to find it in your own Bible. Okay? I want you to trust the word of God. I don't care if you challenge me. Do you know that? If you're going to say, I don't agree with you, I'm going, hey, I love it. Prove me wrong. And if you do, I'll change. If you don't, then you change. I don't care. I, I don't know everything. But I love it when someone gets in their Bible and says, I'm going to find out if that's right. You do it. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. I'll get happy about that. At least you're reading it. Hallelujah. All right. Now, he makes a statement here. He says, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. Now, we understand you're not working out your salvation. But you were placed on the earth to do a little bit more than just to suck air. The, the average, the doctrine of the church is come to Jesus and go to heaven. That's unscriptural. That's not scriptural. One more time. That's not Bible. Jesus never said go into all the world and preach the gospel of come to Jesus and go to heaven. Come to Jesus so you can come to the Father. We came back to God the Father not so that you can just go to heaven. Now, you go to heaven. Yeah, you do. But I'll blow your mind here. You're not going to be there very long. I don't know why you're all excited about going to heaven. The people up there are coming back in the millennial reign. After the millennial reign, he makes a new heaven and a new earth. What are you going to do in heaven all day? Well, you ain't even going to hardly be there. It's not yours. The earth is yours, and you'll be here forever. People say, well, the end of the world. Oh, there ain't none. Well, I hope to shock y'all. Well, we're going to be here for a long, long, long time. Call it forever? Well, go back and find it in your Bible. Come on, I just shock you. If I could get you over your Christmas songs of three wise men and everything else that's wrong with your theology, we'd be doing good. But we sang so much about going to heaven, going to heaven, going to heaven. Am I right? Is, is the church coming back to the earth? Is that right? Millennial reign, we're going to rule and reign with him. What happens after that? Didn't he say new heaven, new earth? He's going to renovate it. So where are you going to be? In heaven, 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 playing harps and eating three musketeers and never getting fat? I don't think so. He's going to put you to work there too. 
But what you're doing forever is based on what you do now. If you don't do anything now, you have no position during the millennial reign. It's going to, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be embarrassing as all get out when you don't get called. I have a video I want to show you and I want to do it Sunday morning if I gave it to Justin. But, but this whole, this whole idea of getting a participation certificate because you participate (laughs) is a, is a bunch of baloney. Now, when, when you, when I was a kid growing up, if you didn't make an A, you didn't get an A. If you didn't study, you got an F. And if you got Fs, they put you in the same chair again like Jethro Bodine the next year. And they weren't worried about your self-esteem or anything. You can now grow the desk. You're not leaving. And if you wanted to play football and you couldn't, you didn't make the team. They didn't give you a jersey. And you didn't get to walk around with one of those coats. But today, everybody gets a participation. Listen, nobody cares whether you participated. We want to know whether you won or not. Amen. I'm going to tell you something else that I think is funny. And this, I almost wish this wasn't on tape. But I got a lot of pastor friends that call themselves Apostle Dooflopit. Let me, ask, let me just tell you something. This is, that's just stupid. It's just stupid. If you're an apostle and you got 20 people in your church, tell me how big you are. You are 20 people apostle. I wouldn't run around calling myself an apostle if I had 20 people in my church. You know, see, I could say I'm a CEO with a lemonade stand. Am I right? I mean, if I get a lemonade stand and put it out here in the front, I could actually get a card with CEO on it. Am I right? But, you know, everybody knows I'm a fruitcake because what I have is a lemonade stand where I make a dollar a day. Titles don't mean nothing to God. And he ain't giving you no reward that you didn't earn it. God has got, he's taking notes on you. He's got angels following you around to see what you're doing with the word of God. You ain't doing anything. You ain't getting anything. There's no reward. You're going to be out there in the audience and you're going to be clapping for, for days and weeks and months while everybody's going forth and they're going to sit there and go, well, when are they going to call you? And you're going to have to sit there. Well, I don't think they are. I never did nothing. I just sat in church and never even read my Bible. Well, y'all don't, y'all. Are. Now there is a reward just for getting saved, you get to go to heaven. That, you know what? I will be happy with that. But there is greater rewards. You know, there, there's things he's going to give to people because of their consecration and dedication and obedience. And we don't even talk about that anymore. We don't talk about consecration to God and obedience. If we do, people kind of put the brakes on, lock it down, hope you get done so they can get out of here. Go to Hebrews eleven six. He's coming back. You know, there, you know, the Bible talks about the book of life and it says he's going to open books. What do you think is in the other books? Y'all didn't respond too good on that. What do you think they got written down in the books? Every dime you gave. Everybody you talked to. 
Every time you prayed, every time you worked in the nursery and children's church, every time you gave an ice cream and witness, every time you threw a fit and started cussing and swearing, and just, it's, every, it's all written down. Nobody said you didn't get forgiven, but it's written down. That'll straighten you up. It'll cause you to go, I think I will straighten up after today. I think I will. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is not possible to please God. You know what faith is? Faith is trusting God and acting on the word. It's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, if if there is no reward, there is no reason to do what you're told. Now, I'm not going to work if you don't give me a paycheck. Well, y'all are quiet, and I'll bet you you don't either. Now, if you show up Monday, and the boss says, I sure am glad you love me. But from now on, it's because you love me. But I'm not giving you a paycheck anymore. You just show up and you're like, I love you, but I won't be back. Am I right or am I lost my mind? Would you actually get up and go to work and do what you do for a living? I mean, get up in the morning, eat your breakfast before the sun comes up, bust it, fight traffic. And at the end of the week, you get a, a slap on the back. We love you. And you would, do, I wouldn't. You're crazy if you do. You know, when I took karate, you know why I took it? I wanted a black belt. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'll come back there and slap all y'all. You know, you work for it. And you cherish it when it costs you something to get it. Now, right now, I, I, I shoot pistol competition. And um, it starts off with novice, and it goes to marksman, it goes to sharpshooter, and expert, and master. Well, there's only like two masters in our club. There's not a lot of people paying the price to get there. Well, Y'all are quiet. I'm just going to stay here for a minute because I didn't hit a nerve. Walking out to the range and slinging bullets at a piece of paper is not going to cut it. And I'll bet you if you ask this guy right here what it takes to be a pro golfer, a little bit more than just go bang a few balls around, you, you're going to have to want it. And when they put you on the circuit and call you a pro, it's because you earned it. And the real reason they call you that is because you can actually play. Now, I can call myself a pro and get me some clubs and go out there, but it won't take them but about five minutes to figure it out. This guy ain't never played a day. And I was, I was at Cody and Tyler's the other day, and they're on a golf course, and they handed me a ball. The first one went way over there, and the next one went way over there, and the next one went on the green. Pretty good. One out of three. I was about, I was about 50 yards away, and I actually got the hang of it. But I thought... This ain't that easy. It just is not easy to make that stupid little ball go right down there and hit that little hole. And they make it look, I watch TV and it's just easy. When you're sitting there, well, there ain't nothing to this game. 
any moron can get out there and whack a ball and make it go. Well, you hit one. And when you look and go, that Papa, yours is way over there. I'm going, well, what is it way over there for? I had the best slice you ever, that ball curved. I said, that did a curve ball. That, that takes skill. <laughs> but am I right? I mean, you, you don't just make it. Now, I'm saying all that because of this. You're not going to make it to the rewards unless you decide you're going to do it. Amen. You're not getting a reward unless you're willing to put your flesh under and say, I am going to learn my Bible and I'm going to be productive in the kingdom. Yes. You're not going to do it. Now, here's, here, now people say, well, they, they make excuses, but, but I'm going to tell you something. What you do is a choice, and that's all it is, is a choice. There's not a human being on this planet that can't say, starting today, I choose Amen. to obey God. I choose to grow. I, don't, I choose to learn. I, I choose. I will learn that. Now, now, in every sport, and, and I'm going to tell you this, Michael tell you this is true. Everyone says those people are just gifted. Is that right? They're just gifted. They have a natural ability and I don't have it. It's called work. Am I right? It's, there's no natural ability to the guy who put the time in. He put time in. It wasn't, it didn't come naturally. Okay, y'all. What do y'all want me to preach next week? Because y'all don't like this even a bit. I ain't even got hardly a grunt. Without faith, it's not possible to please God. That's a powerful statement. There's a lot of people don't please God. For he that comes to God must believe he is and a rewarder those who diligently seek him. If there's no reward, there's no reason to seek him. If there's no reward, I'm not coming to church. I'm not coming in here and doing this and putting my heart in money if there's no reward for this. I'm talking about even on this life. When you read the Bible, there's blessings. The, the willing and the obedient eat the good of the land. There's, there's people, they're not getting anything from God because they didn't put anything into it. They just want the healing. They want the blessing, but they don't want to put anything into it. It's kind of like the fireplace saying, you know, like you saying, if you give me heat, I'll give you wood. And the fireplace is going, you give me wood, I'll give you heat. God's you're saying, God, I need a healing. You say, well, I need you to put some wood in this thing. You're going to put a little time in this thing. You're going to put some effort into the things of God. Now, we're not talking about what Jesus did for you at the cross. There's more to Christianity than what he did. There's a personal responsibility on us. Is that too strong? Too bad. We're going to do it anyway. Um, Hebrews 4.13. Let's go back here a few pages and just read that. For there is no creature hidden from his sight. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. He knows everything. And we're going to all get to stand there and go, well, you want to know the real reason why? And he's going to say, don't lie to me right now. I've heard it all of your life. You're in heaven. I'm God. Cut, we're not doing the lie thing. 
I'm going to open some books up right here. We're going to talk about what you really did. He knows everything. He knows why you did it. He knows when you did it. He knows what you did do and what you didn't do. In other words, if you want the blessings of God, you're going to have to make adjustments in your life. Now, everybody's making New Year's resolutions right now. One, one guy in town is, is, is swearing off of Facebook for 21 days. I think some people ought to swear off of Facebook for 21 years. That'd be great. But you know what? If you're going to do anything... You're going to have to walk away from something in order to learn this, to walk with God. Are y'all getting this? Okay. First Corinthians chapter three. You know, when something, when you deem something valuable, you'll work for it. Let's talk about marriage here for a minute. I'm going to say something here and blow y'all's mind. I wish, I wish we had the teenagers in here right now. Everybody on this earth has a number on their head. You're a one or a seven or a five or a ten. Based on what you did with your life. There are girls out there that are nines. And they're not going to marry a boy who's a three. They're going to marry a nine. Now, they're looking at the tens, and the boys that are sixes are looking at the nines. Well, let me tell you, it's when it all, that's, what, that's, why they, that's why they hang out and check each other out and watch. Because if you want a good one, you're going to pay the price for a good one. Whoa, that went over real good. Everybody wants the babe. Well, if you, the good ones, and they're out there. They're out there, but they're not marrying everybody. And, and so, you know, you can prophesy all you want to over the kids. Prophelying is what it really is. But once they have one date, they've already figured out, I ain't doing this, not the rest of my life, Leroy. I am not messing with this. This girl right here wouldn't know God from a wall or this guy. And, and, and kids today are flabbergasted because they don't understand why it is that person doesn't want to know them anymore. You know, y'all remember the, what was the old movie, um, Eva Gabor and uh, Green Acres? You know, that was funny because you don't have a lot of Zsa's Zsa's marrying hillbillies that are farmers. <laughs> It really don't happen. It just don't have. John Jaws ain't going down there with a guy picking corn in the morning. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a site for people who date called country folks. Country people want to marry country people. Because if that woman wants to drive a tractor, she wants to marry a guy who drives a tractor too. Is that all right with y'all? And let me tell you something. You're not going to get a guy who loves Jesus with all of his heart if you don't. If you're a fruitcake, you're going to marry a fruitcake. Y'all are going to be a Christmas present to somebody. Is this too deep for y'all? It's the, tell me it's true. It's the truth. It is the truth. 
Lisa was dating a guy one time, and she, he says, what in the world are you looking for? She said, Kenneth Copeland. And he said, well, you ain't finding him. She says, I'll find him or I won't marry him. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I met her, she went, that's Kenneth. And I didn't tell her any different. <laughs> I told her my name was Kenneth until I got a ring on her finger. But you know what? She wanted to be married to someone who walked with God, who did, who did ministry. That's what she wanted, and she was worth it. So when, when, and I joke about her boyfriend, but the whole truth of it, and maybe I shouldn't tell you all all this, he was a good Christian boy. But he wasn't going anywhere with his Christianity. He's just church. And Lisa said, hey, so handsome. And this other guy is so old. I told somebody one time, I said, she'd rather have a used Rolls Royce than a new Volkswagen. And that's what she did. That's why she says, preach, baby, preach. I don't know. Should I tell the story of Alex Clattenburg and his wife? No. Alex, Alex dated a girl that um, I think she was prettier than Jeannie, right? Was that the story? Different. But Jeannie... Jeannie Clattenburg, the woman he ended up marrying, played the piano and sang and loved the Lord. And so one day they were riding down the road. And if I mess it up, Lisa will tell you the story. But one day, he, I, th I think I'm getting this right. He's looking at Jeannie and she don't look anything like the other woman. And he turned to her and he says, Jeannie, sing, Jeannie, sing. In other words, remind me of why I married you one more time. I think she had hair curlers in her hair and all of that. And she got out in the morning and he just looked at her and she said, sing, baby, sing. Do something. I mean, hey, he told the story publicly, so. Oh, she had to wear a wig. She came in without the wig on. He screamed, sing, baby, sing. Tell me one more time why I married you. First Corinthians 3, 5. That's a true story, actually. I probably bombed it, but it's still true. First Corinthians 3, 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers to whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. That's why ministers, you don't want to compare. Pastor, you should be a lot more like uh, John Hagee. I'm not John Hagee. And don't, don't put that on me because I'm not going to try to be. If you want John Hagee, move to Texas. Goodbye. Have a good day. Now, that's sad that people do that, but they do. 
But the fact is, is that each one of us and each person who's got a call to ministry, we will stand before God and give an account of what he said for us to do. Not what he said, John Hagee, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Myers, or anyone else. The only thing I got to answer for is me. And the only person you got to answer for is you. Everyone else, air none of your business. That's pretty strong, isn't it? But it's still true. All you got to stand before God is what he told you to do. So you know what? You have a full-time job, just you and the mirror. That's all you need to worry about. That guy in the mirror, I got to make sure he is ready to talk to Jesus. That's all I got to worry about. Okay, and I'm going to tell you something right now. That's a full-time job. Just taking care of Daryl. Lord, have mercy. That's why I married Lisa. She'd help me out a little bit. Sometimes she don't help me too good. All right, sometimes she kicks me. All right. We are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You're God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. He's talking about the word that we preach. No other foundation can anyone lay than what is laid. That's Jesus Christ. Now, he said this. Now, listen to this. You and I are not allowed to tamper with the foundation. The foundation is Jesus. I don't care if you're a Lutheran. I don't care if you're a Methodist. I don't care if you're a Pentecostal. Don't screw with the foundation. You got that? You, the foundation, when, I, when, when, you know, I, when they made me the president of the alliance, I went in there and I said, guys, I know you're Baptists and I know some of y'all are, are, are Catholics. I know all of us have different churches, but we are. All, if you're going to sit at this table, we are going to agree that Jesus is Lord and he's the only way to salvation. Do we have that? And all of them said yes, except a couple and they left. Now that's going to be, listen to me. Listen, there are guys that come in and they, and they, they don't talk in tongues and, and I, don't, I don't say much to them. And they do holy water and smoke and all kinds of stuff. I don't say much to them. But if they look at me and go, I'm not sure about Jesus, then I will have an eyeball to eyeball and a nose to nose talk with them right there. I go, well, this is not for you. You don't want to sit with us because that's the foundation of what we believe. And I made that real plain. And I kind of bold about it too, you know. I don't know if y'all figured that out or not. You probably don't even believe that. Okay. Now, listen to this. She says, According to the grace that God was giving me, a wise master builder, I laid the foundation of the builds on it. Take heed how you build. D- listen to me. It is very, very important what you preach. Now, in the next alliance meeting, I'm, I'm going to go in and I'm going to talk to them about 2018, the pastors in the city. And there's a, there's a movement in America And we actually went through this with one of the pastors sitting at the table when we were talking about living right. And he got off on all of this. "Ah, You guys don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to upset anybody. Uh, By the way, Crystal, I found that scripture, Andrew. I found it. He quoted it today. It is not love for me to leave you the same. I'm going to tell you the truth. That 
is love. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I'm going to tell you something. We're going to talk about everything from the goodness of God to your obedience to rewards. We're going to talk about put your flesh under. We're going to talk about how you raise your kids. And if you don't like it, well, you can find another church because I've got to stand before God on what I get put in your life and what we built here in this church. And we're not going seeker sensitive. We're going to stay with the Holy Ghost and we're going to stay with that book and we're going to preach out of it and we're going to require you to live right. And if you don't, then this is not your church. I got to answer to God for what I'm preaching. And believe me, I've had people get up and go, I don't like it. I'm going, I'm sorry I didn't write the book. And I honestly, I'm not worried about your feelings or whether you get offended. I'm going to tell you something. People do things all the time offend me. I'm offended that you think you're a girl if you're a guy. I'm offended. I mean, I'm telling you, the world is nuts in the head. And then they want everybody to be quiet. Well, I'm not going to be quiet. You're not going to get persecuted unless you open your mouth. And you're not going to get anybody saved unless you open your mouth. And if you open your mouth and start talking about Jesus, you're going you're gonna to offend somebody. Yeah. Well, you might as well go ahead and offend them rather than offend God. But you're going to offend somebody. You're going to offend people. You're going to offend God. Make up your mind who you're going to please. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words in this crooked generation, I will be ashamed of you in the next. I'm not even going. You're going to start. I don't even know who you are. That's a pretty strong. And it, it is like get, get, go along to get along. Well, honey, that ain't gospel. Jesus didn't go along to get along with nobody. Neither did Paul. If somebody, if, if everybody likes you, you're not saved. He ain't doing anything. Woo. It is extremely important how you build the word of God, how you build your life. It is extremely important. There's not enough time on Sundays, but I wish there was. You know, we need to take a whole year and just talk about nothing but marriage. We need to talk about how to find the right one. Marry every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes down the pike because they go to church. I give a rip if they go to church. The devil goes to church. If that boy isn't on fire for God and reading this Bible and more interested in God than you, don't you even touch him with a 10-foot pole because you're going to be have a screwed-up marriage and you're going to spend all your life praying him into the kingdom. Wouldn't you rather just be obeying God than praying for a knucklehead? What'd you marry him for? Well, he was handsome. Well, it don't take long. They get over that. Gravity is working on everybody. Whether you like it or not. Is this too strong? I don't really care. I'm just asking you. You know, I'm not sure I really have a double D personality. I just think I'm saved. 
Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Listen, quiet. Quiet's not love. Quiet's a coward. Wow. You know, I think we ought to write books to this generation of what it was like in America when everybody was sane. What it was like to go to school. Yeah, you do. And you smart off to the teacher and they send you in the principal's office and they beat the mud out of you in there with a paddle. And they send you home and your dad beats the mud out of you with a paddle. And then you go back and apologize to the principal and the teacher and you don't do it again. Because the second time's worse. I'm going to tell you that, you know, they, you know. <laughs> every once in a while we'll, we'll do marriage, we'll do things, to re- child raising, and somebody will bring a bolo paddle. And I look at them and I go, well, you throw it away. You know, aggravate that poor kid, they will hate your guts. If they don't say hallelujah when you hit them, you didn't hit them. You need to lift their spirits with their rear end up off the ground. You need to, you need to let them know you don't do this again. Now, Justin's in here, so we can't really talk too much about this. No, nah, he's grown up enough. But let me tell you something. We didn't whoop them. You don't, you don't have to whoop them a lot. And don't lie to them. I'm, if I have to say it one more time, I never told them but once. The second time, all hell broke loose. It was no warning shot. <laughs> don't do that again. The next time, let's go. Aren't you going to warn me? I did. Once. When I said don't, that's what that meant. That was your warning. Well, they start finding out you're not a liar. How do we get off on all that? That's not even in my notes. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire is going to test everyone's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved as though by fire. Say, hallelujah, I'm not going to hell if you don't. Listen, thank God your salvation's not based on it. Now, you know, you know what? A lot of people talk about, well, we did this and we did that. Where are they? I want 20 people, Lord. Really? Where are they? I don't know. That's called hay. It's hard work to get someone saved and disciple them. Boy, one more time. Crystal, is it difficult to disciple them? Well, it's it's time consuming. Let, Let me say, when you have a baby... You have 18 years after you have the baby. When you get someone saved, you're going to put some time in them. 
Come on, don't look at me in that tone of voice. And it isn't easy to do. That's why people don't do it. That's also why there's no reward. Wow. Imagine T.L. Osborne. A man had a vision one time of T.L. He was climbing a mountain, saw a city. A man's won millions and millions of people to Jesus. Millions. What do you think it's like for him to step into heaven? Yeah. Doctors Kevin and Leslie McNulty, they got 100 evangelists over in Europe right now. They've got 85 tents. They will have 100 tents by the end of this year. They have raised up uh, over 100 evangelists preaching the gospel. That's a pretty good work. That is, that, listen to me. I'm going to hair lip you, Bear Creek right now. If you're going to be an evangelist of the world, you're not going to be as rich as if you were a pastor. It's going to cost you a lot more to be, to travel. You're not going to have, now when you see pastors talking about I have this house and I have it, that's a pastor. That's not a missionary. Let me tell you something, when they die, that pastor would trade his house for their mansion any day of the week and twice on Sunday. You're going to get it here or you're going to get it there. You decide right now when you're going to get it. Now, I've got to tell you another story right now. Paul Young Cho, you can go online and watch this. Uh, he had a man in his church that, um, that died. His wife died like a week before and he grieved so bad he had a heart attack and he died. And, and so Paul Young Cho uh, was telling a story about how he was down at the funeral home and they had, they had already started to get ready to prepare the body and the guy came up and, and it was sat up in the funeral home. Came back to life, scared the heebie-jeebies out of everybody in the funeral home. This guy had been dead for three or four days. And so he, um, so he said, I got work to do. Well, he got to heaven and, and his wife was, was a woman who cleaned the church. And so he got to see her and then he got to see her mansion. He said, oh my God, it was beautiful. This woman sacrificed and worked in the church and he just, he was a businessman. He never did nothing. So the angel said, would you like to see your mansion? He says, I would love to see my mansion. Went by and all it was was a few two by fours on a wall. Just a few sticks and a little foundation. Wasn't nothing there. And he says, well, why aren't y'all finished? He said, well, we can't do anything because you don't do nothing. He said, that's your mansion based on what you've done. You ain't done nothing for the kingdom. Do you want to stay here or go back? He said, I want to go back. And so he came back and he came and he told, he told Paul Young and Cho when he rose from the dead, he said, you got to put me to work. I, 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 I got to have a place to live when I get there. <laughs> and he said it was a little tiny house too. He said, my wife's was next to mine and it was intimidating. She's got this huge mansion and I got this little thing and I'm the head of my home. And I got to live next to her forever in this little itty bitty house that ain't finished. That's wild, isn't it? I think there's a lot more to this than any of us have ever thought. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. It'll be revealed by fire. The fire is going to test each one of our work. If anyone's work is built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he will be saved. Do you not know that, the, that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells inside of you? Now, let me say something to you right now, and I'm going to ask you to do something. 
Did you know that it's very difficult to do anything for God alone? It is very difficult. For years, I traveled alone. I've been to Russia alone. I was South America alone. I did ministry alone for years. But I have found out that it's a lot easier to do more if you'll get a team. Well, I'm going somewhere tonight. Are y'all ready for this? Why don't we build something for the Lord? Listen to me. It's a lot easier if everybody does their part and not you have a, see, when I traveled, I had to raise all my money. I had to do everything. I had to get the crusade. I had to preach. I had to do all the praying. That's a lot of hard work to get two or three, four, five, ten people born again. But Sunday, we had 12 people walk up here. We had people healed. And that's not on my credit. It's on ours. We can do, you, I wish I had time and I don't to tell you what I'm going to, what we're going to do this year in the children's church alone. We're fixing to kick it up about five notches. We're going to, we're going to take this door and we're going to make a, a, an entryway and we're going to put characters in there and we're going to paint it and we're going to, it's going to look like Disney World on steroids for Jesus. And it's going to be a place that kids love to come. I'm going to start working with Jeannie and the workers and just do everything we can to re- reach as many children, but I can't do it alone. I don't know how. I can't do it without Jeannie. I can't do it without Justin. I can't do it without Mike. I can't do it alone. I got to have help. Do y'all see this? Wouldn't it be a lot better if we all got together and went, why don't we do something big? Because the more people that get a hold of a vision, and this helps. You know why? Because then it'll get you over the perfect church stuff. There aren't any. If you quit thinking about whether the preacher's perfect or not, and you get busy doing something, you won't have time to be critical and ugly. And you'll say, look what we did. And when we're doing that, we're going to start working on the youth. And we get finished with that, we're going to start working on discipleship some more. When we get through with that, we're going to start working on more people going overseas, more outreaches overseas. That's one of the reasons I put that coffee shop in. And I'm going to say something to y'all. Some of y'all know to get up off your lazy butt and learn to make coffee because we need the money to send these people overseas. You can't have money to go overseas if you're lazy. You got to get up and make some tacos and make some coffee and then sell it in the foyer and get in. And then you can raise the money and go preach the gospel. I'm trying to help you go, but I can't if you're always too busy to do anything. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Well, I didn't think y'all would like any of that. James chapter 1. You know, you know you, I'm not sure if you understand, but when I was a block mason, I was a youth pastor. I'm going to say that one more time. I used to wake up every morning about five in the morning 
And I went down to iDrive and I laid concrete block in the hot sun for eight hours and sometimes more a day. Sometimes five, sometimes six days a week. And I was a youth pastor and I preached every Wednesday night and I preached every Sunday morning and I did it for years. And I got 15, 20, 30, 40 kids born again filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen to me, it was a labor of love. There's nothing easy that you've got to separate yourself unto God if you're going to touch kids' lives. Now, the reason I did it and other people didn't do it is not because I'm smarter is because I decided I was going to do that. Now, I have people today who say, you just don't understand I have a job. I understand jobs. You understand laying block? Honey, that ain't no office job. You, you know this, this bald spot? That's because all my hair burnt off standing in the sun. It just burnt the hair right off my head. I should have wore a hat and it will burn the hat up. Now, I will tell you this. I was quite buff and had a suntan. I got to tell you all this. I hope this doesn't offend you. I went in the hospital one time because I fell off a scaffold because all I ever wore was tennis shoes and shorts. And they put down that I was black. (laughs) They did. They put I was African-American. And I looked at that and I said, I'm not African-American. And and I I looked African-American. I'm going to tell you, I looked quite dark. I had to kind of do the (laughs) copper tone thing. And when I pulled my little britches down about three inches, they went, you're a white boy. I said, I told you I'm a white boy. Just not everywhere. (laughs) But Lisa will tell you, I was quite handsome. Every once in a while, she tries to get me to go back and land block for some reason. I'm not sure. (laughs) I pick on her all the time and I really shouldn't do that. James 121. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures here in a minute. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls and be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. Now, the average Christian comes to church, listens to the Bible, and thinks they're doing good. They're not. Most Christians couldn't quote five or six scriptures out of the Bible. I'm not talking about in this church. You meet them everywhere. Talk to them and I ask them, and they they can't quote John 3.16. Been 70, 80 years of age and can't quote five scriptures in the whole Bible. Never, don't live it. Don't do it. Go to church. Folks, it's sad. But there's going to come a day they're going to stand before God, and it's going to be quite the wake-up call. Are you all okay? All right, I'm trying to get you through this for a minute. Um, Matthew 25. While you're turning over there, I, w- I want to read some scriptures that I wrote down so that I didn't have to um, make you go through them all. I'm, I'm not going to give you the references, but I will if you want them later. In Colossians, let no man cheat you of your reward by taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. Colossians, again, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. 1 Corinthians 9, if I don't preach the gospel, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel, for if I do it willingly, I have a reward. Luke 6, 
Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward will be great in heaven. Verse 35, but love your enemies, do good, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High. Matthew 5, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets. Matthew 5, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors the same. And then in Matthew 6, 1, Matthew 10, Matthew 16, all of these are talking about a reward. Go to Matthew 25, and we're going to close with this. This is a parable where Jesus is talking about doing something. Now, let me help you with the word faith for a minute. Because we preach on it all the time. All faith is, is obeying God. That's all it is. When God told Abraham, he says, go get out of Ur of the Chaldees and go where I'll show you. He obeyed. God called that faith. Do y'all see that? Whatever you're doing is faith. Whatever you're not doing, you're not in faith. You understand that? So if you say, well, I just, I don't have enough faith. No, you don't have enough obedience. You're never going to have strong faith if you don't spend time in the word and let the word convince you to do it. Everything in your Bible is contrary to the natural world. All right, I'm going to prove that to you. When Jesus looks and says, you see this water pots fill them with water and they need wine. You're going to think, what? But see, because they were servants, they never questioned authority. The authority of the word was not designed for you to question it. If he says, fill the water pot, fill the water pot. None of your business what he's going to do with it. Just fill the water pot. Well, they need wine. Just fill the water pot. When you learn that about God, you're way ahead of the game. Because if you're going to rely on your intellect, you're not going anywhere. Because a lot of things he's going to say to you, they're not going to make any sense. Tongues makes no sense. He did it on purpose to keep the goofy people out. (laughs) Tithing, I can prove to you, it's nuts. But I can show you thousands of people who are rich because of it. It makes no sense. It takes faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, we look at it. See, now you go back to the Garden of Eden for a minute. Think about this. Don't eat of that tree. Now listen, the the devil said that tree is good for food, and it was. He didn't lie about that. That tree will make you wise. He didn't lie about that. Everything that the devil said about that tree was true. But God said, no, that's all that matters. Do y'all understand that? All that matters is no. Now, when I was young, we did something in my home that we don't do anymore. My parents had a statement. I said so. My mom did not explain herself. 
And the second time, she explained it better. Yet later in life, I understood why she said it, but there was, she didn't sit me down and go, well, let me explain it. You, you don't need to explain to a five-year-old nothing. Why? In the bedroom. Because I said so. And if the church, why do you think we raise our kids that way so that you don't go to hell? Because there's going to come a day when you need to pick up your Bible and God goes, because I said so. And you go, yes, sir. Do you understand that? That's why there's a big, that's why there's a disconnect. Wow. Matthew 25, verse 14. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his servants and delivered his goods to them. That's God given to you. And he gave one five talents. A talent is not like playing a guitar or a harmonica. It's not a dance. A talent is a year's wages. So he gave one man, he's making an investment. He, he gave one man five years wages. Why did he do that? He's coming back. He wants a return. Are y'all ready for this? He wants a return on what he gave you. He gave you Jesus. He wants a return on that. He paid a lot to get you where you are. He gave you salvation. He gave you and I the Holy Ghost. He gave us the Bible. He gave you churches. He gave you pastors. He gave you wisdom. He get, he's, he's invested a lot in each one of us. And so when we stand before him, we're going to, he's going to open the books and he's going to bring in the accounting and say, what did you do with what I gave you? That's a powerful thing. Most people don't know that's even, they just go, we're all going to heaven. Really? Is this too strong? Okay. To one, he gave five talents, another two, to another one, each according to his own ability. So he doesn't give everybody the same thing. Some preachers have more, some have less, some, some people have more ability, some people have less ability. It's based on you. you. All you need to do is worry about what God gave you. And immediately he went on a journey. Jesus left. And, when he, and then those who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he had received to gain the two, gained two more also. But he received one talent, dug it in the ground, and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord gave the, those servants came and settled accounts with them. And so when he had received five talents, came and brought five talents and said, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. And the Lord said, well done, good and faithful. He didn't say he was smarter. He just said he was faithful. Well, we need to preach on that all, one whole sermon. Is that all right? On f what does it mean to be faithful to God? Because yes. you can be unfaithful. You were made ruler over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. See, God's not given you an eternal kingdom if he can't trust you with little stuff. Listen, if he can't trust you with the tithe, he's not giving you nothing. Did you know the first test you pass when you get saved is the tithe? If you can't pass that test, God ain't giving you nothing. God, is, God has me and millions and billions of dollars. He is not broke. 
when, listen, one day Mark Hankins went into the grocery store, went in, stopped his van and going in and got M&Ms for the kids. And then he turned to the kids and says, I need a tithe off of your M&Ms. And did you know some of them said, no, that's my M&Ms. And Mark turned to his kids and says, I can fill the van up with M&Ms, but I will never buy you anymore. And they all dug into their M&Ms and gave daddy some M&Ms. Daddy doesn't need the kids' M&Ms. The kids were being put to a test. You were being tested. Did you know that? With money, with time, you're being tested to find out what you're made out of. Boy, this is, is this too much? Because we got people sitting here right now, you're squirming like you've got ants in your pants. Bad. That's the first test you pass as a Christian. And don't thank God. Listen, in the Bible, the Bible says Jesus sat down by the temple and watched him tithe. He still does. He comes in Sunday morning, sits right there, watches everybody walk up. Well, that's not your time. I know what you made. That ain't it. And it's written down. Everything's written down. Everything's written down. Some of y'all might need to go back and go, we need, can, I, need a, I need to double up. I mean, I'm, I'm really not doing too good. Slacking. That's just one area. We could talk about a lot of stuff. What about time? Well, those aren't my kids in the nursery. Well, so what? Someone watched yours. Well, I don't like babies. Well, I don't either. I think you ought to lock them all in a closet. But listen, that's why they won't let me back there. When you got to find out where you fit. Boy, I'm going to tell you, I'm running out of time. I got three minutes and 77 seconds. I was wondering if y'all get that. Verse 22, he who received two talents came and said, Lord, you deliver me two talents. I've gained two more. And the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, not much. I'll make you rule over many things, enter the joy of the Lord. And he who received one talent came and said, Lord, you, I know you're a hard man. You reap where you have not sown. You've gathered where you have not scattered. I was afraid. I was afraid to give. I was afraid to give. I was afraid to give. I was afraid you lied about it. I was afraid I'd go broke. I was afraid I'd look stupid. I was afraid. I was afraid to give my time. I was afraid I wouldn't have time for my, I was afraid. What's the opposite of fear? Faith. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what's yours. And the Lord answered and said, you wicked and lazy servant. Wicked lazy. Woo. Say, this is good preaching anyway. It is. Let me, let me make a statement to y'all right now. I'm conscious every day of my life that I'll stand before God. That's why you don't need to worry about me stealing your tithe. Because you're not smart enough to keep me from stealing the tithe. There's no system 
There's cash that comes back there. But I ain't scared of you at all. And I ain't scared of the police and I ain't scared of the government. But I'm scared of God. <laughs> Do you understand? I, I'm going to tell you how scared I am of God. I'm going to tell you I'm scared of God. When I, when I'm, when I take a buggy and a Winn-Dixie, I put it up. I live right. I know that God watches everything I do. I, I just have this thing. I walk out, I take my buggy, I put it out and some hit somebody's car. God, there's an angel go, busted their fender and walked away. I, <laughs> Are y'all out there? Y'all go home. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I probably am the most legalistic person you ever met in your life. I, I just don't steal nothing. And if I do something wrong, I go back and apologize. I just not going to leave anything undone. You say, well, I think you're overboard. Well, maybe so, but when we die, we'll find out. I'd rather be, I'm going to err on the side. Uh, yeah, I'm very cautious with everything. Wicked, lazy, you knew where I lived, where I hadn't gathered. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. You ought to have at least gone to church and got saved yourself and walked with me, even though you didn't win everybody to Jesus. At my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. At least you should have done something with your life and your family. You just ought to have just done something. You ought to have just at least done something with yourself. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. And everyone who has more will be given to him who has abundance. From him who does not have will be taken away. Cast that unprofitable servant in the outer darkness. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You're saying, is that what he said? Well, that's exactly what he said. Wow. Faith. Without corresponding actions is dead. Be a doer of the word of God and not a hearer only. Are you all out there? Did you go home? If there's no, if you're a Christian, is there enough evidence for someone to convict you in a court of law? Is, do the people you hang around know you're saved? Because if they don't, you might want to check up on your Christianity. Because there's, this is not a game. This is real. This is called kingdom business. Jesus paid a high price for his church. And he's coming back one day and we're going to stand there. And I'm looking forward to it partially. You know, there's a little bit of fear there. Listen, if you don't have a little fear of God, I'm scared of you. I mean, I watch myself because I know that I'm going to heaven and all, but there's a, I'm looking forward to seeing him, but there's a little bit of, yeah, I know you're fixing to open the books and I, I've been, oh, I put the card up. I did. I didn't steal no money. Yeah. And everything I did, I repented of that. I got that under the blood. Jeez, I did. Folks, it's time for us to start living like this Bible is actually true, but there are people. There are people, Rosa, when he starts calling the judgment, the Bama seat of Christ, he's going to say, Rosa Camacho, she, I gave her a business and she went down to Honduras and she preached the gospel and, 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 and I mean, it's going to be a big deal, guys. It's going to be a big deal when he calls your name and everybody hears your name and, and then, and he's going to make a big deal out of it. 
what you did. How you helped, your faithfulness. You did this. You, yeah, you didn't fall apart just because something didn't go right and you got your feelings hurt. I'm going to tell you something. The, to God, faithfulness to God is huge. You know why he wants you to get married before you have sex? Because you ain't sticking if you ain't married. If you, if you didn't commit, you ain't staying. It's, it's tough. Church is tough. Life's tough. I quit, I've quit this church many, many times. I'm serious. First year I was here, I quit every Sunday. I quit. I came back Tuesday. It took God all day Monday to get me to come back. I'm going to tell you, it was the hardest thing I ever did in my life to put up with people. Crazy people. Hard to get along with. Ugly, mean. Well, now that y'all have gotten sweet since I have. I'm out of time. Does this help a little bit? I, th- I think it does. See, I, I want to think about these things because it, your life, if there is no reward, you're not going to pay the price. God's asking something out of you. When you win a tournament, that's a big deal. When they hand that guy the check, he's like, I earned that, baby. <laughs> and if you don't win it, you weren't that good. Am I right? That's all there is to it. You, you, you can think you're the best in the world, but if they don't give you the check, you might as well go to Walmart and get a job. You really aren't that good. Pay the price. Are y'all ready to start paying? Are y'all ready to start making adjustments in your life so that when that day comes, you stand before God and say, I got something to show for the what you did in me. I supported my church. I walked with God. I helped out everywhere I could. And I was faithful. I could be counted on. There's a lot more to this, guys. Churches are small because people in it are lazy. That's why churches stay small. Unless I start compromising. And turn it into a horse and pony show. Or I tell you the truth and people go, you know, I think we might want to do something in this place. Is this good? I went three minutes over. Is that all right? Y'all all mad at me? Father God, thank you for the opportunity. That, uh, what, just the fact that we are going to stand before you. And that day is coming. Father, it's coming. Whether we like it or not, there's a day coming and we are going to be. I pray that everybody sitting in this room, the sound of my voice, is ready because there's adjustments sometimes that has to be made. If we're looking forward to that day, there's going to be adjustments made. Because we can't keep doing the things we're doing and be ready to meet you and give an account of our life. Father, if we own a business, we know that headquarters is going to look at our books and there needs to be a profit. And we also need to understand, Christian, with with our walk with you, there needs to be a profit on the books. There needs to be the proof that we obeyed you and walked with you. And Father God, if we're not, if if tonight there's people in this room and they're not there, I pray that this would be the year they would make the adjustments and put something on the books other than I go to church. And I give you thanks for that, sir, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, 
please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.